if people think about launching a podcast for their business, be really clear on what's the strategy behind you launching it. If it's for a business, there are so many different ways that you can be strategic about it. Like one, one really easy way is people you want to work with. Let's say you work in a specific industry and you want to work with people, you interview them, right? Get them on the show and then they get to know you. And then at the end you say, you know, like, hey man, I love what you're about. And if ever you want to talk about the services we do, I'd love to invite you. That, that I actually know people who launch podcasts purely to interview local businesses around them because that's what the business was about. And they got like 50% conversion rates. Are you an impact or an entrepreneur, influencer, or thought leader who wants to use podcasting to build authority, increase your influence, and scale your brand? Welcome to the Podcasting for Influence podcast, where you will learn the tips and strategies on how you can take your impact, influence, and business to the next level by utilizing podcasting, one of the most powerful media in the world today. I'm your host, Tibor Nod, a former architect turned lifestyle entrepreneur. What is up, my friend? Welcome back to the Podcasting for Influence podcast. I'm super excited for you to listen to today's episode called how to scale your business through strategic podcasting with the one and only Mark LaRoust. But before I introduce today's guest, I have a special announcement for you. So I don't know if you noticed, but I and my team provide different services in the podcasting space. We not only help impact-driven entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and influencers just like you launch their authority-building podcast, but we also provide done-for-you podcast services such as audio and video editing, graphic design, writing services, and so much more. So if you're someone who is just thinking about starting your show and you need help with that, or you're an established podcaster who's looking to outsource podcast editing and other techy and time-consuming tasks, I would highly encourage you to check out our podcast services at mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast services. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast services. If you want to have a call with me where I can answer your questions related to launching your show, post-production, or marketing, I would highly recommend you book a 30-minute free strategy call with me at mindsethorizon.com forward slash free call. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash free call. All right, so my guest today is Mark LaRoust, who is the founder and chief purpose officer of the Ministry of Purpose and host of the Unconventionalists podcast, who is on a mission to eradicate career misery in the workplace by helping organizations and business leaders clarify their purpose to better lead and inspire their people. Mark believes everyone needs a purpose and that no one should have to be one person at home and another at work. That's why his big, hairy, audacious goal is to create a world where the vast majority of people feel connected to an important mission and feel seen, heard, supported, and appreciated along the way. Thanks to his creative video CV that went viral in 2012, Mark previously served as country manager of the Movember Foundation, where he helped raise 2.8 million euros for men's health and inspired 110,000 fundraisers to take part, winning multiple awards along the way. Since then, Mark has worked with pioneering organizations, forward-thinking leaders, and disruptive conferences, including Google, TEDx, Intuit, Inseed, 
L'Oreal, State Street, The Guardian, Samsung, General Assembly, and Virgin Startup. Over the years, Mark has lived and worked in more than 10 countries across four continents, leading millennial teams, and has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Metro, The Guardian, Shortlist, L, Growth Lab, to name a few. His weekly podcast, The Unconventionalists, has reached 135,000-plus downloads on iTunes across 100 countries. His inspiring videos have been viewed over 1.5 million times on social media, and Mark's TEDx talk is the most-watched TEDx Cardiff talk to date. When he is not speaking, Mark is at home enjoying life in London, UK with his family, where he tries to keep up with his two young children who keep him on his feet. At the beginning of today's episode, we talked about Mark's journey with podcasting and why he started his podcast, The Unconventionalists. In the middle of the episode, Mark explained why podcasting is such a great medium to build authority and trust in your space and how entrepreneurs can grow businesses through strategic podcasting. Closer to the end of the episode, Mark shared great tips on interviewing and how to stand out with your show. If you want to find out more about today's guest, check out the free resources and detailed show notes. Simply head over to our website, podcastingforinfluence.com. That's podcastingforinfluence.com. You can also watch these interviews on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Mindset Horizon. That's youtube.com forward slash Mindset Horizon. So without any further ado, please enjoy today's episode with the one and only Mark LaRoost. Mark, welcome to the Podcasting for Influence podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I can vividly remember last year we had a conversation on the Mindset Horizon podcast. (laughs) And uh, for those who haven't listened to that yet, it's episode uh, number 59, and it's called What They Don't Tell You About Entrepreneurship. And this is how your TEDx talk is called. And we talked about your entrepreneurial journey, your TEDx talk. So people can definitely tune into that. We talked a little bit about your podcast as well, The Unconventionalists. So well done. A- <laughs> well done. Un- unlike people in an award ceremonies, you pronounce that one pretty well. Uncontroversialists or something. Yeah, that's hilarious. If people listening to this, if you want to get a bit of a giggle, go and check out my YouTube channel. It's <laughs> youtube.com forward slash Mark Roos and look for the video around um I forgot what it's called, but it's like behind the scenes at the Podcasting for Business Awards. And I did a whole vlog around being the only one in a suit in the house, drinking beer out of a champagne glass, but also <laughs> recording <Yeah>. the <laughs> announcement of the best interview podcast winners. And the girl who was announcing it, to say she butchered the name would probably be an understatement. But, you know, it was quite <laughs> funny. I mean, I've never had so many messages from people saying, what was she said? What is that? Like lots of lots of memes and jokes started on the back of that, you know. Uh, yeah. I really love the uncontroversialists. It was just like a weird, yeah, I think it was uncontroversialist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just watched the video when I did my research and uh, yeah, it was really funny, but it made the video really uh, appealing to me at least. Yeah. And yeah, first of all, huge congratulations on that. So you won the Best Interview Podcast Award. Yep, I've got a little award sitting on my shelf over there. It it makes it very real. Yeah, it's really interesting, you know, because I basically last year I launched a new podcast. It was called Podcast Interview Mastery. So I interviewed podcasters about interviewing skills because I was already thinking about this thing. Like I 
launched that podcast in September 2020. And I was already uh, had this urge to focus a little bit more on podcasting. And uh, basically, the premise there was, you know, how can you stand out as a podcaster with your interviewing skills and so forth? And, you know, I had the Mindset Horizon podcast and that podcast interview master. And now I decided to merge the two basically into this. I wanted to talk a little bit more about marketing and how you can uh, use the podcast to uh, build your brand and uh, mainly focus on business owners. And this is what I'm planning to talk to you about today. So I'm super excited to pick your brain and uh, we can talk about how to stand out and if it's important or not. But I want to start with your journey in terms of, you know, you started the podcast in 2015, more than five years ago. And a lot of things happened, like you became a dad, you shifted your focus with your business. And what was your initial idea and how did this podcast evolve? And uh, yeah, just a story. I'm really curious, actually. Brace yourself, people. This is going to take six hours. And um, In a nutshell, please. <laughs> get, your, get, your, get yourself a coffee and a bucket of popcorn. Man, like, if you really want to hear the full backstory, go and check out episode 55 of the Unconventionalist podcast. Put it in the show notes. People can go and check it out. Mm. It's the most embarrassing piece of content I've ever put out in, on this planet. But I did it because all my students in my podcast revolution accelerated course kept on telling me, Oh, but you're just really good at interviews. You've probably just always been. And I was like, no, I used to suck. And I still suck, right? I still I still think I've got so much room to grow, even though I, I do believe I'm one of the best interview podcasts out there. Um, but this is back in 2003. I'm a first-year university student. I think I'm Eminem. So I'm walking around campus with <laughs> shaved head and baggy pants and a bandana. I started a society called the Hip Hop Society, the Kent Hip Hop Society. I kid you not. And I have a radio show called Session Up with DJ Casper, your friendly DJ host. I, I wish this was a joke. It's not a joke. It's totally true. You can go and check out episode 55. But that's where I think I got the bug for uh, broadcasting and interview because I would bring in my friends who were like, MCs or DJs or beatboxers or reggae or whatever. And we would just hang out. I would just record a stupid show for two hours on campus, broadcasted in that kind of locally. And I just talk about them, make jokes, and then I put music, right? Didn't really think anything of it. And then my first job, I was what sounds really sexy on paper, which is like a commercial, I don't know, director, but really I was an executive sales guy. And mm. um, but I used to live around the world in countries like Lithuania, Kazakhstan, South Africa, Peru, Bahrain, that kind of stuff. And I would spend three to six months and I would um, create these advertorial reports for major publications like the Wall Street Journal, the Sunday Telegraph, that kind of stuff. Mm. And part of that job was to interview like a lot of people, right? So I would interview ministers, chairmen, CEOs, government officials, um, anyone and anyone really who would, who would grant us an interview and who we could pitch an ad to, to buy. And so by the time I finished that job, I was 20, now that was 2009. I'm born in 1984. So do the maths. Uh, I was probably like 27, 29. I don't remember. 28 maybe. Anyway. And so by the time I finished that, I already had 154 interviews underneath my belt. And we're talking about high stake, high pressure interviews. We're talking about people who don't usually grant interviews to anyone, but just because we were had a press card that uh, showed that we were going to publish a report in a major publication, I'd get access to these really high-flying CEOs and executives and stuff. So you don't mess around. Like the preparation was key. I had to be on point. I had to sound super smart. I just, like I look, 
I mean, not anymore because I've got two kids and losing my hair and it's COVID. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I, I traditionally always looked really young. And so I had, to, I had to go in these meetings with like Minister of Finance, Minister of Economy. What the hell do I know? And so I'd have to like, for that very short amount of time, congest an immense amount of information in my head so that when I got in the interview, I could just, oh yes, and that reminds me of the article, the Wall Street Journal this, or what do you think of that or whatever. But I really, really loved the interview. Like I loved interviewing mm. people, getting to know about the stories, I hated the sales part. I was good at it, but I hated it because it was because uh, it wasn't ethical and it wasn't aligned with my core values. Yeah. Um, and so after that, I kind of did the whole journey, and the, people can go and listen to loads of podcasts I put out there with the whole stories out there, or they can just get my book. I can give you a link; they can download it for free. Uh, I share my story in that. But um, what's important is I think I did a few interviews just just sporadically, like I interviewed this guy who started this French MMA movement. I just interviewed him. Didn't really know what I was doing, but I was just kind yeah. of still getting my muscles of the interview. And by the time I got to the UK in 2012, I um, was working at November and I kept on hearing these stories of men sharing what it was really like to live with one testicle or surviving cancer or losing someone to suicide or you know battling mental health issues. And I just thought, man, these conversations, we all have them behind closed doors. Yeah. But as a result, because they're closed behind closed doors, nobody knows Nobody realized that everyone has these same thoughts. And I found myself at a really interesting crossroad. I was moonlighting as a life coach. I'd coach people in the morning at 6 a.m. who were based in Vietnam or Australia. And I would coach people at 11 p.m. who were based in LA. Um, and I was coaching all these primarily unfulfilled professionals looking to do more meaningful work and also frustrated entrepreneurs looking to do more purposeful work. And what I realized is that they put on a pedestal these uh, influencers or entrepreneurs or leaders or whatever mm. you want making up that they were somehow special or different or had more gifts than they did. And I was like, I know a lot of these people because I've met them through the work I've done. And that's not the case. Everybody's riddled with self-doubt. Everybody's riddled with yeah. imposter syndrome and all that stuff. Right. And so, so, and so I think I was, and I've got to give credit to Lewis Howes, the school of greatness. I think it was one of the podcasts I was listening. Um, and those things I was like, it's awesome. And this is going to sound really arrogant, but I remember listening and going, yeah, I can do this. I could do, I could do podcasts. <laughs> I, you know, some interviews would be like, I, I wish you'd ask that question. Right. And so I sort of, instead of just thinking about, you know, mix of being inspired and, and frustrated, I think I, I decided to, to launch a podcast. And so I had no idea, man, but back mm. in 2015, I emailed, actually, that's not true. Here's the story. No one knows the story. I think I was nominated as like one of the 30 most inspiring people in London. This still sounds really strange and weird for me to say that out loud. I have no idea how I ended up on that list. Generally no idea. Um, so I ended up at this event where they're celebrating the 30 most inspiring people in London. We've got people who've like crossed the Atlantic, you know, on their own or Togo, their, you know, pogoed their way through Togo or skateboarded across Australia, like all these incredible, crazy people. And here I was, and I was like, what the hell am I doing here? And this massive imposter, you know, this, this feeling of imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, and we, we were on an email of all the 30 most inspiring people where we basically got introduced by email. And I replied to everyone saying, hey guys, I'm launching a podcast. We'd love to have you on board. Uh, let me know if you're up. And everyone, like a lot of them were like, well, let me know once you've launched. <laughs> you've got a few episodes and I'll join. But one, Anna McNuff, I've got to give credit to her. She was the first one. I was like, yeah, I'm in. Awesome. Let's get it. So we got a date in, but she was running across New Zealand. That was her channel. She was running across New Zealand. And she couldn't get access to Wi-Fi. So she says, I'm really sorry, I can't do an interview, but I know this guy. I think he'll be amazing. I think he fits your definition of what, because I didn't have a word. I just like people, crazy people doing different things and, you know, living life on their own terms kind of thing. Yeah. And um, his name just escaped me suddenly. It's episode number one. 
of the show. I interviewed this guy who basically walked from Bangkok to Birmingham, right? And he didn't take any air travel. Um, crazy, crazy story about, about environmental sustainability. And I didn't know it then, but that was really the seed that was going to plant for the rest of the show about just finding these incredible, inspiring humans, just doing things a little bit different in their own way. And if you go back to episode number one, I literally didn't have a name. So I just said, welcome to the yet to be named podcast. <laughs> That's how I introduced it. And you know, I, I mimicked a lot of the format of Lewis Howe's kind of Hi, and welcome to the Unconventional Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Ruse, former men's health activist. You know, turned, I had a very similar format. And then, and then man, it's, I'm about 150 interviews deep. Yeah, won an award. Ended up last year being top 15 UK podcast, 160,000 downloads. Yeah, it's, it's cool, man. It's, it's been an adventure. But how, lo- how long I'll be going on for, I don't know. Like I might take a pause this year and just take a sabbatical from it and take a step back. But it has been an incredible adventure, for sure. Like... Like I, I now have friends out of it. I can reach out to some of my former guests when I need something or ask for advice. And yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. Like it's mad that that I kind of message Noah Kagan. It's mad that Sarah Knight and I joke about stuff. You know, she's the author of best-selling series books of no F-U-C-Ks given. I don't know what the swearing policy is, but yeah. So anyway, so just mad, man. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty awesome. And there are a couple of things I want to dive deeper into. I can relate to the story, uh, the School of Greatness. So Impact Theory was a podcast that inspired me. When I started the Mindset Horizon podcast, basically, I didn't have a business mindset when it comes to podcasting. And as you can see, I'm rebranding the show because I'm kind of like aligning my services with the podcast aspiration. I kind of like look at it, you know, how can I use the podcast to Uh, build the right community and build the right audience who is interested in what I have to say, what I have to offer and so on and so forth. So I kind of like have this mindset now after more than one and a half years. But when I started, I was just like doing interviews, like I had energy healing topics and then mindset and leadership and different kinds of stuff. And I didn't have those services, right? So when it comes to, for example, using the podcast as a way to generate business or we can call it monetize i kind of like want to you know help people uh with this aspect as well with the show uh we can talk about monetization through sponsors or maybe the cpm cpa model or different models but also just to use the podcast to build trust to build authority and also generate leads but mainly build a community that is interested in what you have to say and offer and i kind of like curious about your experience in terms of the benefits that you experienced through podcasting. For example, for me, just to give you an example, and the listeners, you know, networking was a huge aspect. So when I started the Mindset Horizon, before I started the Mindset Horizon podcast, I kind of like felt really isolated. So I was living at that time in Austria, and I was about to start something on my own uh, online. And I was like, how do I start networking with people online, right? And the other thing is the connection. I think we crave human connection, you know, in general as human beings. And I was like, okay, so I'm gonna, I'm just going to start an interview podcast and I'm going to use that to network. And then, you know, after one and a half, two years, my perception expanded uh, in terms of what's possible with the podcast. So I'm kind of like curious about your experiences, what you benefited from podcasting throughout the five years? I'm probably not the best example because although I've taught like 500 people to launch podcasts <laughs> and use them to <laughs> do that, like I, I did a man, it's like, it's, it's a very strange thing. So I basically would tell people, don't do what I did, right? Like I just straight up because 
I never started the podcast the intention of monetizing or, or, or building a business out of it. I think a lot of opportunities have come out as a result of it, indirect opportunities, right? So I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you one of my favorite moments. Maybe this is a better story. One of my favorite moments in the last five and a half years, it'll be six years this year. That's mad. It's mad because it's the, it's the longest thing I've done in my life. Yeah. More than any relationship, more than anywhere I've lived, more than anything, any job I've held. This has been the most constant thing in my life in six years. It's crazy. So I was about to give my TEDx talk and I'm in the room and they open up the doors to the audience and people start coming in. And I'm sitting in the row of speakers. We're kind of at the front and because it's a full day event. So we, we know when our, our queue is to go and queue up in the green room and stuff. And this, this girl comes up to me and she goes, are you Mark Roost? And I was like, yeah. She's like, oh man, I love your podcast. I was like, oh really? She's like, yeah, that's why I'm here. I came all the way up to Cardiff mm, wow. to, come, to come and see you speak because I listened to your show and you talked about it. And I, that was so crazy to me because it was the first time that I saw someone who I'd never met, never approached in any kind of way, but who we felt who knew me because of listening to my show. Yeah, yeah. And the story, the reason why I'm sharing this is that I tell this to students, I tell this to a lot of people around this content, which is, I think podcasting is a very special, unique way of connecting and communicating with your ideal audience because a couple of things. You know, there's, there's, they did a study where they looked at what was the easiest medium to lie, mm-hmm. to tell a fake story. So they looked at newspapers, they looked at TV, and they looked at radio. And to nobody's surprise, the easiest to, to tell a lie was through print. Second was video. And then the least was audio. And that's because we pick up on things. And it's very difficult to be inauthentic on a podcast, on a long format podcast, especially. That's what Joe Rogan always talks about. Like after three hours of speaking to someone, like there's only so much you can control and hide. Eventually some yeah. cracks are going to come through, right? Wow. So you basically get to, in essence, you get, you get to give a taster to your audience who you are, like what it's like to hang out with you, what it's like to be in your brain, in your heart. And so, you know, if you look at studies, people buy from people they know, like, and trust, Absolutely. right? And so one of the fastest way to build trustability and likability and knowability, I don't even know if that's a word, is, is by showing up regularly and often in your ideal customer's horizon. And so podcasting is one of the ways. It doesn't have to be. like There's lots of different mediums, but I find podcasting quite an interesting one because it's a hybrid between a world for introverts and extroverts. So if you don't want to do video, you can just do audio. And it's very less intimidating to be on your own in a microphone and just speaking rather than being in front of an audience, being in front of a live crowd or speaking to a lens, right? So it, I think it attracts a particular kind of person. That's why I think Clubhouse, by the way, mm. is doing so well. And and, um, and I talk about this, I host a few rooms and stuff there, but it's the same concept. It's like it's audio only. And so there's a real special vibe. The other thing about people need to understand about podcasting is that on average, people listen up to 86% of an episode, which in terms of content is insane, Yeah. right? Yeah. Like no other medium online has a higher retention rate and engagement rate than podcasting for the moment. What is up, my friend? I hope you're enjoying today's episode, but let me just pause the show for a second because I have a special announcement for you. I don't know if you noticed, but I and my team provide different services in the podcasting space. 
We not only help impact-driven entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and influencers just like you launch their authority-building podcast, but we also provide done-for-you podcast services such as audio and video editing, graphic design, writing services, and so much more. So if you're someone who is just thinking about starting your show and you need help with that, or you're an established podcaster who is looking to outsource podcast editing and other techy and time-consuming tasks, I would highly encourage you to check out our podcast services at mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast services. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast services. If you want to have a call with me where I can answer your questions related to launching your show, post-production, or marketing, I would highly recommend you book a 30-minute free strategy call with me at mindsethorizon.com forward slash free call. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash free call. I look forward to talking to you very soon. And now let's get back to today's conversation. So that being said, if people think about launching a podcast for the business, be really clear on what's the strategy behind you launching it. Because there's a difference between having, I say this to people, there's a difference between launching a podcast for a hobby and there's a difference with launching a podcast for your business. Your hobby, it's effectively whatever it is, doesn't matter. It's your curiosity. You're just having fun with it. You're exploring, you're connecting. Great. If it's for a business, there are so many different ways that you can be strategic about it. Like one, one really easy way is people you want to work with. Let's say you work in a specific industry and you want to work with people, you interview them. Right, get them on the show, and then they get to know you. And then at the end, you say, you know, like, hey, man, I love what you're about. And if ever you want to talk about the services we do, I'd love to invite you. That's one way. That, that I actually know people who launch podcasts purely to interview <laughs> local businesses around them because that's what the business was about, and they got like fifty percent conversion rates. Yeah. The other way that you can go about it is how can you make your customers feel part of your journey, and how can you become an expert in your customers' journey? Mm. And so, by having a podcast, you can really make them feel part of something by speaking to them directly and asking them to get involved, ask you questions, submit their voice notes, message that you can you know, then put into your own podcast. Like there's so many different ways you can do it, but you're just going to be strategic on what you want to get out of it. Now, there are different things to consider. There's things like uh, brand recognition, mm-hmm. um, right? So that's such like you're just investing in your, in your, in your personal brand and that's just a, like, any, like any stock, right? The more you invest in it, the more returns you get over time, as long as you're strategic and you're not all over the place and stay in your lane. But the, the other bit is it enables you to position you as the go-to person in your industry, but also as someone who deeply cares about the problem you're trying to solve. And I think that's, if you dip, deeply, truly care about what you do and you really want to help the people you want to work with, you generally connect to them, then podcasting could be, I'm not saying it is, but it could be a great vehicle for you. But you've got to keep in mind that you're a business that's hosting a podcast as opposed to you're a podcast trying to run a business. Does that make sense? It's kind of, yeah. you've got to understand that if you're a business owner, if you're an influencer, someone who wants to have thought leadership or stake in the game, you're launching a podcast to help the same way that you would write a book, the same way that you would, you know. Yeah. So you just can be careful not to get lost in the weeds because people can get really excited about it and spend eight hours a day on it. And then you forget the actual business you're actually running and that helped you to get to where you are. So, you know, surround yourself with a team, uh, whether that's working with you or working with your partners and stuff around, you know, getting getting a production team to help you out. Do it as, as minimal as you want it or as complicated as you want, but just be really clear on what your goal is. And then the last thing I'll say on this is be clear on the metrics you want to measure as to what success means to you. So is it downloads? Is it number of DMs you get? Is it number of leads? Is it sales conversations you get on the back of it? Is it the guests you can land? Is it sponsors you want to reach out to? Like, Get clear on that because I think if you, if you don't do it for the right reasons, then vanity metrics become 
your go-to strategy and that's a terrible strategy, right? Like I would rather you have a hundred people listening to your show who are deeply passionate about what you do and they five to 10 of them reach out to you to hear more about you and you book two to three sales conversation with those rather than getting a thousand people listening, but not a single person reaches out to you. Wow, uh, I couldn't agree more, Mark. And there are so many things to unpack, to be honest. I I don't even know what to unpack first, but you mentioned something, trust. And I feel uh, in today's world, in today's digital world, it's really important to figure out how you build trust. So if you have a business that that is focused on uh, working with people online, like how do you build this trust? And when it comes to podcasting, I couldn't agree more. Yes, you know, it's a, it's a really intimate medium. People listen in, they can feel your personality and things like that. So this this emotional bond is created and, and trust building can happen faster, in my opinion. You know, sometimes my question is, what makes a good podcast a good podcast? For example, an interview show, why people come back and listen on a regular basis. And also, how do you attract new listeners? So when it comes to like growing your show, and, and I couldn't agree more with the goals and expectations aspect that you kind of like have to know, okay, so this podcast is for, I don't know, my main goal is to generate business because I have this and that service. And I want to do business either with my listeners or with my guests, maybe, or maybe it's download numbers, you want to have sponsorships and things like that. So kind of like, when someone has a podcast, I feel like, you know, many people want to grow the show, grow the show. But what's the what's the goal? What's the expectation? I, I think that's the first step. Building trust is 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 key. But you know, I, I kinda like ask myself, you know, how do I how do people get to know about the podcast? So what is what is the what are some of the things that you did to you know spread the word, uh maybe promote your podcast? Because I, I realized that you started video podcasting after a while, so you had an audio only, if I'm not mistaken, and then you kinda like added video and starting using the YouTube. Yeah, I think I randomly did a few videos in season maybe from season 10 to season 13, I would just sporadically use a bit of video. And then I think I went all in season 13. So first of all, I think let's go back to um, what makes a great interview. Man, it's a combination of things. But from what yeah. I've learned yeah. over the years, especially having seen students and that kind of stuff, having a really clear angle. I'm going to be honest, that that's like if you want to have a biggest differentiator on your show, have a really clear niche, like actually micro niche. like Podcast interview mastery. <laughs> well... <laughs> that is that's quite broad actually yeah i'll tell you why because yeah i thought about this actually so, so you so you've got podcasts so i'll give you this right so look at imagine imagine um a funnel if you want whatever yeah so you've got on the top podcast how to make great podcasts then in podcasts there are different subcategories yeah so you've got wellness whatever cool so then you've got interviews so then you've got a subcategory so you're now at the stage of how to make a great interview podcast but you're still still quite top level if you wanted to go further down, you know, you could have for entrepreneurs, mm. how, to make, how to make a great interview-based podcast for entrepreneurs. If you wanted to go even micro, you should go how to make an interview-based podcast for public speakers. If you want to go even niche in that, you could go how to make an interview-based podcast for public speakers working with organizations only. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like there are, there are layers to this. Absolutely. And the deeper you go in the layer, the, the more impact you're going to have. because you become Marmite. You kind of, you weed out the people who are interested in what you have to say and you're not a generalist, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first totally. thing is, have, have, have a, you know, I'll give you an example. Like, I'm trying to think about an interview-based podcast that I, okay, well, there you go. So some, this is someone that came out of, out of my program, right? Like she, so two, oh man, there's three examples I can think straight away. One of them is 
around miscarriages. So women who have experienced miscarriages and women who share stories of miscarry, miscarrying. And that is super niche. Like it's quite niche, right? But it's, yeah. but can you see it? If you've met a friend or someone in your life who said, I just had a miscarriage, I'm really struggling. You could go, man, there's a podcast you need to listen to. She has all these women who share about these stories of shame, of trauma, of pain, of, 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 of sadness and anger. And so that means your show becomes shareable. And that is the power of, of a very powerful podcast is what is the shareability score? Meaning if I listen to what your show is about, can I immediately know if it's for me or not? And if not, can I immediately know for who it is? Right? So that, that's one like, you know, one of the other ones about death, right? Like it, someone who's obsessing around death and it's just going to be about topics of death and the dying and the lessons learned. And, but you see, so then you become, you become niche. Or, or is it about um, a podcast on fitness entrepreneurs, so personal trainers and health coaches who made their first six-figure year and yeah. you obsess about how did you get to that first six-figure year? And then the interviews are all based around that. So number one is that. Have a really clear angle. The more vague and general you are, the more you're going to struggle. Straight up. Yeah, let me just jump in before uh, we move on because I-, I had this experience with the Mindset Horizon and the Podcast Interview Mastery. And with the Podcast Interview Mastery, I kind of like actually realized that you know I had podcasters on who had gardening shows, business shows, and so on and so forth. And I was like, there would be a niche podcast, which is what you've said, basically, let's focus on you know how business owners can interview people. And, and that would be business owner interview mastery podcast or whatever. But that's kind of like focused on because there are different interview styles as you know it. And you know, is it a is it a story focused or informational based or what's kind of like the the most common interview style in that niche particularly? So I couldn't agree more. I haven't niched that down enough. No, but that's okay. And 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 but I'm just saying it's like if you did, and if you know, because it makes sense because you want to focus on entre- entrepreneurs, influencers, thought leaders. Mm. So you know, it makes sense that you would go down the road of how to how to become a masterful interviewer as an entrepreneur, thought leader in your space in order to grow your business and get more leads and that kind of stuff, right? Like you've got yeah. to give a, an order to. So, and the second thing is, there's no secret. Like, I'm, I know this is going to sound really weird, but the reason why I won the award is I'm generally an amazing interviewer. Like I really am. But I'll tell you why. I've got six years of an interview podcast under my belt. And before that, I had two years of a commercial journalist. So I've had... And this is not that many. I mean, I'm honest, I, I, I've got over 250 interviews under my belt easily. Wow. Easily, probably like 300 now. But so you learn a lot, but I still, I still, I still, I still have a lot to go. But here's what I'll say the tip to this, because I know we're coming to an end. But the tip I would say to people is it's okay to suck. Your role is to suck at the start, right? Like that is your only job is to suck at the start. And I know it's going to sound really tough and hard and your ego and you're going to want to look good and blah, 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 blah. But you need to get through the sucky stage to get to the stage where you get much better. You cannot get great without first being mediocre. You just can't, Yeah. right? So you've got to go through that. The way you improve is that every time after the end of the interview, before you beat yourself up about your interview, write down what did you really love about that? What worked really well? What do you think you could have done better? Then listen to your interview again. Pick up on things. Man, I keep on, I talk too much. I interrupt too much. Yeah. I talk about myself too much. I didn't dare to ask the question. That would have been such a better question. I say, mm, yeah, mm, right. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, all the time. Right. 
you write that down. And then the next interview, you look at your notes. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on doing one thing different this interview, right? Have a post in front of you. Do that. Yeah. You do that every time. I can guarantee you get 20 interviews in. You will not be the same interviewer after 20 than you will on, 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 on number one. Guaranteed. Absolutely. I listened to some of your interviews and what I really love about them, the, the latest ones mainly, uh, that you kind of like, you know, skip the tell us about yourself question, you know, the same old story everybody asks on podcasts and you kind of like dive into something really specific. So I kind of like feel that and I was wondering, you know, how much time you spend on that. It's not an interview mastery show, but still, you know, I think it's important to kind of like see you know, after that experience, still, how much time do you spend on preparing for an interview? I know it can be different, but kind of like on on average, on average, an hour, an hour, an hour and a half, an hour on average, because yeah, I'll tell I'll tell you the secret. The secret source to my interview research is listening to other podcasts. I love it yeah. because I'll tell you what, people don't remember that they've said something really personal or really raw or really real. On another podcast. It's really strange. The perfect example, if you want to go and listen to an interview where someone was just like, and man, I've got to say, one of the biggest feedback I get from my guests is always like, wow, you really did your research. Yeah. That, that is one I always get. And I don't do that much research. I think I've just become very good at optimizing my research process. What I tend to do is I listen to a couple of interviews. And what I do, and this is a trick, I'll listen to a show they did in 2012, and then I'll do another in 2016, and then I'll do a really recent one. And that gives me a picture of the transformational journey. Like Tucker Max is a perfect example. Tucker Max, I probably spent six hours on, on research, six to eight hours easily between all the shows I listened on the James Altucher show, all the content he put out. You know, some guests like, I think Noah Kagan, Daniel Laporte, Tucker Max, The Minimalist, they're so prolific in the content mm. that I, I did a lot of research. But here's what I say, and I said this on my on the q and I did yesterday in Clubhouse. There's a tipping point. There's a tipping point by which point you go over the line and you're no longer in the territory of I'm gathering information to conduct the best interview. I'm now in the territory of I need to showcase I know so much because I deeply, deeply crave their approval. I want them to like me. I want them to want to be my friends and I want them to show them that I've done all my research. Mm. And so you spend your interview trying to prove that. And it's a shitty interview. Excuse my French, it's a sucky interview, right? It's, yeah. It just is. Instead, what I now do is I go, okay, I've got a general idea what this person is. I kind of know what their story is. What's the angle? What's the angle I want to go with? What's like... You know, for example, in this podcast, what you should really be going for is every single time is, you know, how, how has a podcast transformed your business? In what ways has a podcast changed the way people perceive you or connect with you? Like, what are the, what are the, because that's what you're doing, right? Like you're trying to, you're trying to position in the, in the, in the, would you answer this head question, of the audience? <laughs> yeah. But that, but, but all is, that's what you're doing is that is you, because you're, yeah, because, you know, I don't know what your business model is these days, but because you're, basically selling the idea that a podcast is really good to grow your business, right? Like if we go on a really simple basis, the promise you're making is if you want to connect your audience, get more leads, build your personal brand, build your authority online, launch a podcast. It's like, it's a great, it's, it's a great tool. There are many different tools. You could do lots of different things, but I believe podcast is great. Therefore, let me show you a series of these people who just share the stories about how podcasting changed or transformed their business. What is one of their favorite moments about launching a podcast? You don't need to go in their whole backstories. Yeah. You don't. You might just like it could be a, it could be a sentence before you interview, right? Like for example, I'm releasing an episode this week with Jada Selner. You know, Jada Selner went from being a mum blogger, and I put air quotes because that's how she joked about mm. referring herself, to starting posting a few pictures of green smoothies she was making on Instagram. And next thing you know, she builds an empire called uh, Simple Green Smoothies, 
And they generate a million dollars and a million followers in two years. Wow. Right? That's nuts. That's all you need to know. Before I go into the story, yeah. that's it. I've given you the background on what you need to. Now I'm going to talk about how to build a community from a place of, of love and, and how to disrupt the entire marketing playbook. But that's what she did. She took everything that you're supposed to do and just ripped it apart and did her own thing. And they just smashed out the park, right? Yeah. So you, you could just do that. And then you just focus your interview around, I want to give tips, practical tips, but also inspiration to people listening to this to go, yeah, man, podcasting is what I do. And, and Tibor and his company are, are the logical next step for me to, to get that done. Can I book a session and ask like a bit more about my business? You, and then you, you know what you should be doing is going, look, I offer a free consultation strategy call, 50-minute call. You tell me about your business and I'll honestly tell you if I think a podcast is the right move, if you should go for something else. Trust, trust me that I won't be wasting your time or mine. Uh, book yourself a call. Here's, you, here's how you book it. And then everybody listening, you should be converting people listening to then going, man, that's, that's a no-brainer because I've got these questions. Like Everyone's sitting on the fence about launching a podcast and asking themselves the same questions. Is it a waste of time? Is it for me? How is it going to help me? Blah, 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 blah. And so you just have a strategy and you have a very structured sales conversation around that. And you're filtering to see if they're the right candidates for your, your business. And by the end of the 15 minutes, you can either tell them, I actually think it would really benefit from you. Let's schedule another hour call mm. where my team and I will jump in and, and, and show you how we, what we can do for you. And if not, then, hey, here's a free PDF, a free episode, a free resource for now that I think will really help you. And when you're ready, come back. That, that's it. That's your model. Yeah. And I think it can be, I think it's really useful to anyone who wants to be, as you've mentioned, very strategic about using the podcast as a way to generate business. So it's not just for me, but for, for, for anybody who is uh, thinking this way can benefit from this. So Mark, how did podcasting transform your business in the last five years? What I'll say is this, you know, how has podcasting transformed my business? I think it's on one, one, one thing, it's credibility. I've got an agent, right? I've just signed with a literary agent and we're going to go and pitch at big publishers. And publishers are interested in me and my book, not just because of the idea of my book, but because of my profile. And mm -hmm. the, oh man, this is it. Okay, easy, easy. Not only just in terms of numbers of reach I have through podcasts, but my proxy reach, my reach by proxy. Mm. Like the people I can put down on my business proposal for my business book proposal in terms of who can help me reach more audience yeah. It's massive. Like if I look at my, if I look wow. at the top 10 guests I've had on the show, who've all said they'd be willing to help out if I ever I launch a book. Do you know what I mean? Like that's how it's transformed my business. The asset that you've built basically, not, right? The network. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I want to be respectful of your time. So before I ask my last question, tell the listeners what's the best way to connect with you and find out more about you. Honestly, the best way is to join my newsletter. And I know it sounds like a horrific thing to do because God knows we don't need another email. But the truth is I, I release it sporadically. So I don't bombard you with any emails. And I usually tend to be really raw and real in them. And I share you know, examples of, of clients of mine or people I've worked with while share a cool real resource. It's a neat little way of just getting to know a bit more about me. And I, I usually release everything first there before I release anything into the world. So you can get that at uh, either theunconventionalist.com forward slash newsletter, or I think it's markcruise.com forward slash newsletter. Either way, you should land but in the same place. So that's, that's the best place. Or, or, and if you're looking just markgroos.com, that's probably, you know, a way to, to get in touch. But um, anybody listening, just good luck, you know? And, and, and I'll tell you what, I'll finish with this. And this is what my book is about, right? Like a little preview. It's basically the idea that anyone who is crazy enough and courageous enough to try and put something out there in the world is going gonna, is gonna to meet resistance, is going to face resistance. And that resistance usually comes in the greater force of our own voice. 
that voice inside her head that says, who am I to talk about this? Who am I to interview this person? Who am I to reach out to this? Who am I to get known for what I love? And to those people who can identify, which I'm guessing is 99.9% of people listening, unless they're completely delusional or they're detached emotionally from themselves, will acknowledge, totally normal. I've interviewed some of the top people in their industries. They still have that same, same stuff, same voice. So the moment you realize that life isn't about getting rid of it, but actually dancing with it and embracing it and being with it, is the moment you still have a lot more fun. And especially when you realize that you're not alone, that you're not a loser, you're not weird, there isn't wrong with you, you're not broken, is just part of the human experience of, of being on earth. That's it. It comes with the job. Right. And if you're, if you're listening to this, if you're an entrepreneur, most likely, most likely you generally want to make a difference and you want to have an impact. And that means you care. And if you care, it means you don't want to fail. Right. Like, cause you you don't, you don't want to disappoint. You don't want to let people down. And so you're having to juggle these really difficult emotional, I guess, balls in the air, but go at it. Yeah. My last question would have been about your excitement. Uh, I know that you have an upcoming book or a book that you are working on. Yeah. I think this is like the last podcast I'm actually doing because then I'm going in lockdown as in like book writing lockdown for the next six months. My God. And I'm pretty much pausing everything else. Yeah. So I've the big, 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 big project for me is my, is my next book. And it's going to be a big, big project because it's Man, it, it, it's kicking my ass. Anybody listening to this, put it in the show notes as well. Please do. I really appreciate that. It's my interview with Tucker Max, yeah. where he went to town on me and coached <laughs> the hell out of me. And it was like a therapy session in public. And it was just like, but it was brutal, but amazing. I um, love that. I love that episode. Actually. Yeah, man. I've never, I've never had so much feedback from that one episode. Wow. That I've got DMs and messages and emails. And like, it was mad, man. Um, so I really recommend people listen to this. But yeah, that, that is the big project. It'll probably be coming out next year. Hopefully, if if everything goes down, depending on which publisher we end up signing up with. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that feels nuts, man. I'll see my book on the back of your bookshelf there one day. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I hope so too, man. And uh, I wish you good luck with the book. Fingers crossed. Thanks, man. Good luck with your podcast and your business. Huh? Go, go, go and save the world. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it, Mark. You're welcome, man. Speak to you soon. All the best. I appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Podcasting for Influence podcast. If you feel inspired to hang out with other like-minded entrepreneurs, influencers, and podcasters, make sure to join the Podcasting for Influence community at mindsethorizon.com forward slash community. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash community. If you want to check out the details, show notes, tips, and free resources, make sure to visit our website, podcastingforinfluence.com. That's podcastingforinfluence.com. I really hope this episode's been highly valuable to you. I hope to welcome you next time. And until then, be influential, my friend.